Should we call the uh, statue guys and have them get Grunstrom's statue ready? Yeah, get, get, get a set. Awesome. <laughs> This is L.A. Kings Fan Talk with your boys, Rodney, Rob, Darren, and Joe. Let's get into this. Let's get physical. Welcome back, everyone. It's that time of year again. Hockey season is back. All right. Hi, all right, here we go with the 2022-2023 LA Kings season preview. Let's start with coaching. Rob, what do you see Coach Hiller bringing to the Kings this year? Uh, I want his job simply because... You're a coach? No, because you have to be able to improve on... The crap show it was last year. I mean, yeah. By that you're he's talking about the power play, correct? Right, because he's going to be responsible for the power play this right. year for special teams. So, so, I mean, there's only one way to go, and that is up. Um, if preseason is any indication, uh, that first game, even though it was all rookies playing and everything, we were 0 for 8, <laughs> 0 for 9 on the on the on the power play of the first game, but. We scored a couple tonight in tonight's game. They d- did hear them say in that first game they had only worked on it for one day. So let's see. I mean, if tonight was a, was a good indication, I think, of the way things are going to go. It looked like they were they were set on let's get Kempe's one-timer going. Let's get Kopey on the left side instead of the right side. And... Uh, there's no Dustin Brown or I follow on the first unit, so just all of that. I don't. I don't even know if you want to change strategies. Just personnel alone, I think, is going to help it out as well. So, but he's he's supposedly wherever uh, Hiller's gone. The special teams have been pretty decent. Hopefully, that'll that'll hold true for us this year. For sure, I don't. Uh know if we'll see like a huge jump but i could see it being like a you know a small increase this season and maybe next season if you know we could see a bigger jump so right which is why i said i want his job because he's gonna look like a genius when when we bump up five six percent on the on the power play oh look at all right it's almost the addition by subtraction put anybody in there joe what do you think any thoughts yeah, I mean, I, I don't know anything about him, but I mean, basically, yeah, what Rob said tonight, like I purposely was paying attention. Um, they, I think they scored on two out of the first three, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe the first two. First two, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then I think shortly thereafter, somewhere, in, in, I think halfway through the second, they had, they, they had like six power plays the entire night, something like that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's obviously still a good percentage getting two out of the six. Um, I think just. Visually, the way that they were set up in the offensive zone, and then I, from my memory, uh, Edler I think hit the post on, on one of them as well. I could be wrong. I don't know if that was a power play or not, but he did. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean they're moving it around. I mean that little play that the um, uh, Tynan guy made uh, to to Kaliev. Uh, I mean, I mean they, 
that's the type of stuff we, we you know you got to be shooting from that that area and just the personnel alone should hopefully see some improvement but that and just getting rid of Sturm like I, who knows what the hell he was coaching them it's I mean it's kind of I, I think we just got a really predictable last year and and you know as long as the, the goalie had an idea where the where the shots were coming from on the other team like he's pretty much you know going to make the stops the majority of the time so you just got to have a little bit more level predictability I think where the Kings were successful last year too were when they just decided to try and score on the rush um, which yeah. is fine if that works but you know generally you'd like to eat some time on the clock and whatnot and work it around and not expose yourself to a turnover and having to fuck it another way so anyways all that said I think the only direction is up so um, yeah we'll see what the see what see what, see what he does as time goes on so far, so good. All right, let's get into the 23-man roster. Let's start with good the for first line. That's going to be really easy to go through. Let's go. Let's go top six, bottom six. Yeah, let's go. So obviously we got Kopitar, Campy, Fiala, and we got to know more. And here's the interesting part. Just say Arvidsson because he's going. Yeah, I he's mean, going to be he's, not, he's, yeah, he's, so he's doing better than everybody thought. So that's our top Arvidsson. six. So. Uh, okay. We don't need to talk about who's going to take a spot for the first week if he doesn't show up the first week. But well, then then we'll go straight to the fourth line. It's going to be Lazat, Lemieux, and Grunstrom. So there's really only, and then the what the third line is going to be Byfield, Kaliev, and Ayafalo. Oh, keep forgetting. So that. it's really going to come down to how many defensemen do they keep. Yeah. Right, and and here's well, talking about the forwards, you know. Top six. Okay, our first line, our second line. Brown leaves us. Ayafalo gets shifted down to the third line. In comes Fiala to the top line. So and and Kempe's, you know, he's he's earned that spot from last year's phenomenal season. So and then that line of Deneau's line was our best line for, for half the season. You know, maybe even more than half the season, they were our best line. To me, there's just no doubt who our top six is now. No more crying about Brown needs to go here, help the young guys. I have follow isn't this or isn't that. There's just, there's no more. It's just so refreshing to know exactly who our top six are 100%. Yeah. I think the only spot you could see would be like if Trevor Moore struggles like he did last season at the beginning of the season before he went with Deneau. Is there a chance I follow moves into a spot? But I don't. That be it wouldn't be I follow. That be struggle. You don't think it'd be I follow? Kaliev, no. either one. Kaliev, I follow. Whoever's playing good at, in the right. bottom six could move up. Has Has Dino and Moore played in any of the preseason games? Dino has. Dino has. Okay. Yeah, they played uh, the Ontario game, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd still like to see. I, I personally, I know we talked about this Rob on my birthday, but. Um, I don't know. I, I, I so far so good, I guess, with the top line. But I just think it's kind of awkward to have three lefties up there. Um, I would say since it's preseason, I would like to see if they're going to try and find some way to crowbar Velarde into the lineup. I would like to see him play with some top six talent on the right side. So you know, maybe a game with Phil Dano and uh, Moore, just since Arvidsson's not playing yet. At least it sounds like. Um, but even up on the top line too, just to you know, see what you know. I don't know if 
if uh, Fiala always played left wing. No, no, he's on the he's on the right side. He plays the right side now. But is it okay? So does he typically play on the left side? He can't. So this is what this is what I was going to actually ask. You're bringing up what I wanted to ask Rodney. You want to talk about any kind of tweak to the top two lines? You know, uh, Fiala and Arvidsson have played with each other before. So do do you want to throw Dino in between them two? Do you want to throw Kopitar in between them two and and mix up anything? You know and see how if they have any leftover chemistry from when they played together early on in Nashville. I'm sure they'll do that if uh, Kings start off the season and it's not going so well. But that would solve, that would put a right-hander, right-handed shot with Arvidsson in on that line if you if you put Arvidsson in for Kempe and move Kempe down with Deneau. Yeah, but then you have three lefties with Deneau, so but does, you're in the same spot. Does, does uh... I guess yeah. It sounds like we just have a shortage of right-handers. Um, does uh, Fiala always play on his off wing? Then I guess I was asking, or is he typically? Yeah, he plays. He both. plays both. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I mean, it's fine. Like, yeah, obviously you'll get, it's a good problem to have. Like, you obviously got some skill there um, to sprinkle around. I just my angle is more about like Vlardy. Obviously, uh, if he can't make the cut through training camp, then you know just. Doesn't belong, and then that's a second uh, secondary issue. But um, if you think there's a chance, like I'd like to see, like he's got. I mean, I think tonight, like he showed it, like you know, that move, move towards the net on a. I think it was on a power play, but um, I don't know. I'm like, I would like to see him not squandered. Um, but you know, if he's a bust, he's a bust. But and we're, you know, yep. like now we got a log jam of forward, so it's, and that might be a theme. Yeah, that what we're going to be talking about is the squandering of opportunities and by whom, by how many. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that the four players that are fighting for that spot just out, outside of the top twelve, which is like Velarde, Figemo, Kapari, and Leas Anderson. I think Velarde has looked the best so far in the preseason out of those four. Yeah, I just don't see a spot for that Leas Anderson guy at this point. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't. No, they'll 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 put him through waivers and send send him down to the AHL if, well, if he clears. So you want to talk about the bottom six now? Is what you're saying? Yeah, it sure. just it just kind of went that way. It just, <laughs> yeah, just exactly. Kinda, it just kind of slid down the ice and here. Let's just talk about forwards. I mean, right. at this point, we're we're basically just talking about our extra forwards, right? Right. Well, yeah. you know, when we're going line. into that third line, this is what I wanted to talk about. You know, as that's why I kind of want to separate it a little bit. Here comes the well, I, talk. I wanted to Three, talk about two, that third one. line. Quentin Bustfield. You heard here. Quentin Bustfield. Wow. There it is. Wow. What about him? Quentin, (laughs) Ayafalo, and Kaliev is kind of slated to be that third line. And, you know, if you know anything, I am a Arthur Kaliev fan. I'm the biggest one out there. And I didn't like the way they looked when they played together. And then in tonight's game, you take out Quentin. And you put in Tynan, and they're the best line on the ice. Yep. They were better than, than the Kopitar, Kempe, and, and Fiala line. They were phenomenal tonight. Almost like so, Kaliev and uh, Tynan played together before somewhere. I follow even almost scored tonight. I mean, it was... Yeah, a couple times. There, <laughs> it's, it was, it's a really good third line. I'm hoping Quentin Byfield... The his the 
the last 10 minutes of the last game he played, he showed a little flash of greatness. The speed, the skill, it was pretty awesome to watch. But why is that only happening on two rushes? Yeah, the rest of the preseason, he is not impressed at all. Right. I would love, I would love to talk about that too, Joe. Exactly. What are we doing? Because I hear people say he has nothing left to prove. He has to be on the bigger. What? Why? Why not play in the American League? Why not sit yeah. there and get better and be, and have success and and grow? And just yeah, I mean, uh, he clearly wasn't didn't look. He he looks like he has an NHL skill set, obviously, but he just looked out of place all last season, like. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's the direction we'll go. I'm, now that I'm starting to think about, it, I think maybe that might be the best. Yeah. I hope the Kings have the balls he, to do that. I don't, I don't see him doing it, but, but I hope they. Do. I hope why they do. not? I mean, does that never happen? Because he just picked so high. Don't I ask mean, me. I'm not Rob Blake, but I'm saying okay, I don't think fine. they'll do it. Yeah. I, well, no, Rob Blake's I think it's great. Fucking silly. Sorry, excuse me. I think that's silly. That's Joe, ridiculous um, because because why is is look. If he cannot play Velarde, one, he doesn't belong there in the first place. And two, Velarde's got seniority on him. And you gotta like you're basically in a moment where you gotta make a decision with him. And if you know Velarde say somehow makes the team and, and starts out and has a strong October or something like that, then you really gotta, you know, maybe this you know, tell Byfield to, you know, bite the bullet and, you know, hang out there until because inevitably somebody's gonna get hurt. There's gonna be an opportunity that comes up and whatnot. And then, you know, you go from there. If I think you should put Byfield in the minors, assuming Lardy outplays him in the training camp. So, and that's, and that's where we're at. We're at that third line going into that fourth line. I think Lazat is the only one that that's going to be an absolute down there. And we're going to try and surround Lazat with a bunch of guys that are trying to make the team. Carl Grunstrom, Brendan Lemieux, Rasmus Kapari, Leah Anderson, Samuel Fagamo. Who's go- it's going to be one of those things where who's going to you know the, everyone's they're actually giving uh, Anderson Dolan some looks right now. I I think I think. He might be packaged, or he might be a waiver casualty here real soon too. But there's there's only two three spots left, and that's a whole lot of whole long list of guys. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be upset with who's going down, who's staying up. And yeah. one of those things that might help us is Quentin Byfield is waiver eligible. Yep, unlike Leah Anderson and Jed. Is Velarde? No, Velarde, but no, he, we, we'll lose him. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, that just comes down to like, yeah, yeah. If, if unless Byfield completely outplays him, which sounds like it's not the case so far. I mean, I haven't seen a game with him in the yet. And I think we got like three or four more preseason games to go. So, um, yeah, I mean, th- there's absolutely no reason to lose Velarde simply to. You know, not have egg on your face over draft position of a different player. I mean, Velarde was picked high too, right? I mean, yeah, he, that won't that won't happen. He's gonna he's gonna make the yeah. roster. I just don't know if he's gonna make the starting roster. Yeah. Well, well, I I'll See, talk to me. It's it's twofold. It's Velarde isn't playing center anymore. He's a winger. Don't count him as a center at all. So really, the people for that spot are Kupari and and okay, Jared Anderson Dolan. 
And so to me, I look at it as Kapari is probably going down because he's, he's a borderline player and he's, he's not waiver eligible. Like he doesn't need to be right. go through waiver. Exactly. So he'd just be sent down. Right. So to me, he goes down and then you have, what do you have? You know, a week, three weeks, maybe till Arvidsson's back to figure out that last spot. Cause realistically you have three guys who are bubble players who we don't want to lose to waivers and would get picked up most likely. And that's Jared Anderson, Dolan. That's, um, Velarde and Anderson, right? And Anderson's probably the last of those three. So if they lost him, not be a big deal. So you have one of those guys takes Arvidsson's spot and you have two bench forwards. And so I don't think they're going to send five. Well, well I think, I think Anderson does go down. He, he cleared waivers last year. He'll clear waivers this year. I, I don't think. It... Yeah. That's what I mean. Like he's, he's a guy who I think the Kings value higher than some other teams probably. So he probably is not going to get picked up, but you don't think the Rangers, know, if they lost that? him, I don't think they're crying I, about it. I just like, I like Kupari's game. Um, I think he's right there with Velarde as far as skill he, he, where, where, where Velarde has the hands. Uh, Kupari has the speed. Yeah. But, um, uh, the good thing is the Kings have till Arvidsson comes back to kind of figure it out. Like if they don't want to keep someone up who's waiver exempt, like a Fagamo or um, right, well, Kupari or yeah, right. so they someone like the last, Madden. They have until the last preseason game. Is that what you're saying? Word on the street is he'll be back most likely for the last preseason game. Arvidsson? Yep. He's progressing. I haven't seen that. I, I saw he was progressing. Yeah. But it was still unclear what his time. I probably shouldn't was. say most likely, but they said there's a chance he'll be back for the last uh, well, preseason. I heard. I heard there's a chance that he'd be there for opening night. Yes. So if 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 Arbiton's, uh, right wing second line on opening night, top line stays the same. Who who is penciled in for third line right wing? Uh, oh, Kaliev. Yeah. will be on the right side. Okay. 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 So, you, so know, you, got... you know you know what would fix a lot of this is if we. Did a package deal for a left-handed defenseman not to be named, we'll, but you know we'll get that. Maybe we'll get, an eye we'll follow. Maybe okay. We'll we'll probably mention that every single podcast we right. do. Yeah. But you don't want to start five right-handed defensemen. Let's just start a full team of defensemen. Okay, so well, out. yeah. Let's move on to def- let's let's talk about defense while we're at it now. Okay, so it, we, it is going to tie in once we decide how many defensemen they're going to keep. So we, we have. We could skip right over the top part pairing because Dowdy Anderson is our top pairing, without a doubt. Right, most likely um, Roy and Walker. Yeah, I think there's. Well, is it Roy? I think no. there's four locks for the roster. It's it's Dowdy Anderson, Roy Edler. Those right. four are going to make the those, roster. Those no are the four what. locks. And then, right. So you have two spots for Jersey, Clark. Walker. And I think Jersey is in that. Mo position once he's healthy. And Bjornfoot and Spence. Bjornfoot and Spence. Yep. You got six guys for two spots, possibly three spots. Three spots. Um, and you could easy. almost call it. You could almost call it a a quarter spot because are we, are they going to sit Edler a, a certain number of games? Possibly. I think he'll rotate for sure. So I think a lot of it depends on. 
Brant Clark. And so, well, so let's talk about that. Yes. I'm trying to. So uh, it depends on Brant Clark and what they feel about him and if they want to give him, you know, just a, l a little shot. If, if they keep him and they decide to go with, like, eight defensemen, if they don't want to lose uh, Moverari, who I don't think they do, they would keep Clark and Moverari, send Bjornfoot and Spence down to the AHL, and then rotate those guys in in, in either Jersey or Edler's spot. Because uh, the stuff I've heard from Coach is that he's, he wants Walker to play uh, the left side paired with Roy. I don't know if you guys have heard differently or not. Right. The, the thing, too, that they could do is start uh, Walker on a conditioning stint down in AHL. So they open up kind of a half spot for a couple weeks there until he's game ready. So For nine and then, games? Yeah, maybe. But uh, I could see if Clark stays, I could see them sending uh, – if they send Moverari during preseason, I don't think he gets claimed because there's so many guys who are, like, in that bubble – spot for every team so i could see them sending him down and same thing with maybe sending Bjornfoot and spence down too and so you have uh Dursey, if healthy clark walker no walker uh edler roy anderson dowdy and then pick a seventh out of those guys but see that's what's going to be so hard i think i think everything revolves around the decision about clark Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm almost willing to say we're absolutely crazy if he doesn't make the team. He's that freaking good. Yeah, I, I think he should definitely start the season on the Kings if it's a a type of like a catch up type of thing where yeah he looked great in the preseason, but then he played in a couple regular season games and we realized he can't cut it. He needs a couple more years. Like send him back to the OHL and. He's exciting, he and he'll... he played all the games in the rookie tournament. Oh, yeah. He's played all four of our preseason games. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Sorry to cut you off, but you have to assume because of that. There's, well, he's definitely going to make the team. I think it's, it's statement, but yeah, I, I think based off of everything I've read, it sounds like there's little chance they're going to send him back to the OHL. So. I think I think there's a chance, but it's not. It might not be at the end of preseason. It might be his nine games comes and goes. He Fair enough. Yeah. Down at that point. To your but, point, I guess they can milk that for a while too. If he only plays like every other game or something. Yeah, that's. Let's see. We're we're a podcast about just fans talking about our favorite team, and Darren's really into the the I'm I'm a GM, and I'm telling you how they should be doing things and stuff like that. And I'm just telling you, I think stuff. I want them to do it. What do you mean? Nobody knows that stuff, Darren. We just want to see the next Drew Doughty become. I want next. him to stay. I, I think you're misunderstanding. I want him to stay. I think the Kings are a more exciting, better team if he's playing at that level. But if he can't cut it, they're going to send him back to. No, NHL. I think you misunderstand me. I'm. I'm just saying you're making too much sense, and we're coming from a fan's perspective. That makes no sense. Does that? That's what I'm here for. The voice of reason. So yes. stop, stop making sense. Okay. Well, well, right, well if, sense. if uh, GM Darren is fine with exposing Morari to waivers, then why don't we just keep Clark, I'm, have him the only, have him as their seventh defenseman or one of the top seven? That way, we can keep two forwards as opposed to one. 
that's or move that's him or go. just make him into a forward and he could be like the enforcer. See, that doesn't make sense, Darren. But it's allowed because we're just fans. I, I, oh, I think throw, Jersey I wants that role first. Why don't we throw Clark and Gola Copiers and doesn't do good this year? Now you're getting it, Darren. Yeah. Little, I just realized we had so many damn defensemen. I yeah. Mean, I mean, there's some tough decisions to make there. I mean, nobody there is like a clear standout or anything, but there's a lot of uh, wild cards there. Uh, as there are with the Fords, but uh, it sounds like we have a little bit more breathing room or, or roster shifting ability on that front than maybe with the defensemen. So what, what Rodney touched on real quickly was about package deal. A right-handed defenseman named Dersey. Maybe two right-handed defensemen. A, a really high draft pick that hasn't panned out, Turcotte. A roster player. <laughs> a, <laughs> a, a cap, an unfriendly cap hit, I follow. You know, and and a draft pick. I probably should get a really good left-handed defenseman, and then it would help. That would help some things. Yeah, I think that makes sense totally. I mean, we're obviously have a glut of left-handed forwards, and I think you know, I like I follow. You know, I'm not saying there's different opinions about him or whatever, but but yeah, I think at this point, I don't think he's overpaid by any means, but he also. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's somebody who has value that you can get something back for. Yeah. And you know you, we have to you can't trade like so, three so with prospects the, and get a, expect to get a a real like a decent right. I mean unless somebody's desperate. I guess maybe if we include like a high draft pick or something, but like with those guys, a lot of those guys are probably top end like a fourth you know, fourth through sixth defenseman. Um, you know, who's giving up somebody that's better than that on the left side for, you know, three different raffle tickets, essentially. Um, that's how I view them, as raffle tickets. <laughs> you might win something, you might not. The more you have, the better chance you have. Yep, that's for sure. Go on to the goalies. Hey, what's, what's there to talk about? Yeah, the, the guy, the guy, the I'll, guy. I'll tell you what there is to talk about. Go ahead. Let's say one of them gets injured. Who's going to be the first person called up? So I was going to going to jump out. The, the guy who played, uh, it, well, I only saw the second half of the game on the first televised game. So the Vegas game, that guy was looking looked pretty good. He was getting shelled. Phoenix, like, his name's Phoenix Copley. Phoenix Copley. Yeah. Copley, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he looked good. Where did he come from? He uh, he, he's an older yeah. guy. It's been around the league. Uh, he, he was he played, played on Washington. Yeah. Uh, he's like twenty eight. Oh, okay, so he's not like yeah. a prospect or anything. No, but he'd be a good solid backup yeah. while the okay. younger kids are still trying to get their game. So if we do sure. that, who, who do we keep in Ontario with them? Do we keep three goalies like they had for part of last year? Or? I don't know. So is it going to be Matty V? Is it going to be? Who's it going to be? Or this is an Ontario probably keep Ball yeah, up okay. there, and then here's here's our. I could see uh, I could see them putting. Whoever they value as the better starter out of Hrennick or uh, Ingham in the ECHL one, and then the other guy right. as the backup in Ontario. So, for for the fans that that aren't totally up to par, up to speed on the goalie situation, uh, C- Copley's a thirty year old with a with a little bit of NHL experience. 
Um, he's kind of like Garrett Sparks last year. Sure. Okay. And and he's a big guy too. You know, he's like six four. Um, the other three goalies are all around the same age, within a year or two of each other, and twenty three years old ish. Um, Velalta, Ingham, and Rannick. They're and I don't know. They're all our goalies. It's just a. It's not an organizational strength. We don't have anyone. That's for sure. Yeah, there's no one that's top end. It's they're all going to be, like at best backups. But see, it's like unless someone we, makes a which brings me jump. to what we were just talking about package deal for a, a left-handed defenseman. If someone gets hurt, I think that's when we get on the phone and say, "Hey, do you want do you want a right-handed defenseman for a goalie?" see it you know hey do you want I, I could see it if it's peterson because quick is getting older and while sure. he is still great i i think what what happened last season where he played when he played 45 games or something like that i think that should be his ceiling for games played in the regular season i think the goalie position in the nhl right now there's there's some really good backups on teams that can come and be number ones for other teams you know it's just a it's just a position i think it's it's almost you can just have a good year you know i mean i, I think of uh of halak you know he it seems he has a good year every other year as a backup here or backup there and i didn't know he was still playing look at look at what look what kemper did he was our backup and then you know now all of a sudden he's vesna guy and Look what Campbell did in Toronto. Sure, and that's what I'm saying. I, I just think there's there's a little carousel that happens with goalies that if they land in the right spot at the right time, it, it's gold. So, so do you guys think that this is Cal Peterson's last year in the Kings organization if he can't prove he belongs? No, no, because I don't think they could trade him if if he, if doesn't, he doesn't show do that. that he's yeah. So, Either he's really good and the Kings have a value contract, or he's not good and they're not doing anything with it. They're going to have no, to package No one will want like that $5 million dollar contract if he's not good. How many more years do we have? Yeah. Three? I think it's three. Yeah. Okay, so uh, opening night, game one. Which goalie starts a net? Right. At this point. Is it a home opener? Yeah. Home opener. Yeah. Quick. Next Tuesday. I think, quick, I think every time there's any kind of home could be the last thing for I think we're gonna give it quick. This could be his last home opener for the Kings. Alright. True. Although we could uh do what we did last season and start Peterson and maybe that lights a fire under quick again, you know. <laughs> break his streak or whatever. Yeah, I'd rather not lose the first six games of the season. Yeah, let's start off yeah. on a, on a good note. Well, we won game one last oh, That's year. right. We won game one because I was there. Yeah, Kopitar had a hat trick, and then we lost six in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And then we won six in a row. Yeah. But, yeah, either way. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you quick gets the start. I mean, he's played uh, looks, you know, the two games. I Well, I only saw him play tonight. He looked good tonight. Um, did he play the whole game? Yeah. Okay. He did. He did. Um, Didn't look good in the first 40 seconds, but look good after that. Yeah, well, that wasn't his fault. The first goal was... That was a broken play. Yeah, a broken play. It wasn't even a defensive fault. Like, it was just, yeah, shit happens. Like, uh, Ford popped it up over their fence to 
Well, I think, injury. yeah, yeah, somebody poke-checked it, right, when, when flew over the, you know, yeah. that's on the blue line, but anyway. Uh, I, think, um, I think Stefan Fisse might have saved that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was a pretty good play. It was a pretty good pass. Yeah, but whatever. Who cares? Yeah, he quick played good. If he plays like this the rest of the preseason, yeah, he gets game one. I, I would just hopefully, hopefully, like for all of our uh, benefit, that uh, Peterson kind of you know can you know he is steady. Yeah, hopefully we get second half of last season Peterson. Did you see the Paul Coffee video today? I sure did. What is wrong with people that care so much about? They nobody wants to cover the Kings, but everyone wants to talk crap about the King. I just don't get it. What, I, what did uh, Paul Coffey say? Paul Coffey was there for the Dale Howard Chuck statue unveiling, and he was saying how Gretzky statue, Mario Lemieux statue, and the Dale Howard Chuck statue are the only three statues that he feels are are legit. But in the middle of him saying that, he says. I don't know what they're doing in LA. I mean, they're kind of overdoing it. He just says that out of the blue. Well, I think he's really probably talking about just the fact that like it, there used to be the Gretzky statue. Now it's like it's like almost like a Simpson episode of like dodging all these statues to get inside the place. Like, <laughs> right? So I, I don't know if that's what he's alluding to, but um, what I mean, who gives a shit what he says? I it's LA, so. All-time games played, two Stanley Cups, only Stanley Cups, captain, American, in an American city. Eat your shorts, Paul Coffey. Like, yeah, exactly. And, and, and if Dustin Brown is not holding the Stanley Cup over his head on that statue, they need to chop it down and start over. That's what needs to be there, him raising sure. the Stanley Cup over it's his head. Toothless grin, yes, I agree. But, but it also what goes along with all that is just it's other fan bases chiming in. I, I know you don't read Twitter, Joe, but, you know, it all these fan bases are coming in and telling us how stupid the Dustin Brown thing, and I just go, you know what? I watched a video on on YouTube about a month or so ago, or maybe it was long, longer than that. But um, and I, from my memory, this guy's up in Minnesota. I could be wrong, but it, it's either Canada, Minnesota, Midwest, something like that. Um, not West Coast guys, and they basically were like, does Dustin Brown deserve a statue? And the guys, like, I'm not that familiar with the Kings, but the guy, you know, they. We kind of just rattle off like a bunch of stats like we just did, you know, most games played, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, absolutely deserves it. I think that warrants it. Like, I mean, that's such a ridiculous conversation to have. Anyways, like, who, like, really cares? Like, right. Like, like it's LA. Everything's stupid and, you know, and whatever. He's uh, been our identity, though, too. Just the, the, the grittiness. He's always played the game. He's, <laughs> he hits people. He's just a fan favorite, a captain. Every, no one understands what it is to be a Kings fan. And what he means to us, and then they're chiming in with their opinion. And like I said, they could just all go. F- Darren, random Kings thoughts. Let's go. What do you got? All right, so let's do this. Uh, I saw on the subreddit. Uh, get the person's name. LP one sixty five on the subreddit. Put What's up, up LP. Uh, Off season recap. Kind of did like a scoring thing based one out of five. I want to see you guys' answers. Uh, how would you rate the off season for the Kings? Solid, One out of five. Solid four. Joe, I give it a five. I mean, we got a uh, legitimate first line forward. Um, yeah, that, that alone to me is high marks there. And 
you know, going to have to give up a lot to, to get that done. So, For sure. Rod? I'm also going to say four. It would have been a five for me had they been able to do a package deal to pick up a top left-handed defenseman, but solid four for sure. For sure. I think I said five. The uh, average was four, two, four. So I think we're all, we're all right yeah. there. If you guys want to know, Ottawa was number one in his little uh, review thing. Okay. They, they were a four, six, two, apparently. They're really high on their team. They are. They uh, should be. Yeah. yeah. Best signing. What do you think of the best signing was? Yeah, I'll give you the rundown on this one. This okay. one is the list of uh, Fiala, Kempe, Dersey, Anderson, Grenstrom, in that order. So I think it meant like contract signings, not just like guys they brought in. Not free. Right. You. Got it. Right, right. Uh, that order sounds good to me. Yeah, I think I had it reversed one and two, just because Kempe, if he's a thirty goal scorer at five, whatever, like it's a pretty good deal. But I don't, I don't have a complaint about that order. You like the Kempe signing over the Fiala signing? If he maintains that production, I, yeah, I, I, that I, five, I agree with you, five. Darren. I'm going to go off the board there a little bit. I'm going to put the Mikey Anderson signing above both those first for me. I Obviously, the term sucks. Wait, let me say it. Rob's favorite term on here, value, right? One year of value while he's trying to prove it. No? So, I mean, well, I just, a top-line defenseman for what he signed for. One, how many, uh, yeah, how many, how many top-pair defensemen are making a million dollars? So, but from what I understand, there is, Seems to be the I, or the thinking that that's kind of a handshake agreement of uh, help us make the cap this year and you'll get your money next year, sort of right. thing. Which, which is also why I'm saying I, I like that signing a lot more because they're able to get it to get it done. I don't know if there's too many people out there that would actually do that deal. Fair so. enough. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, I, you know, can't disagree with that. Uh, how much faith do you have in the front office? This is a one out of five. Rob, well, it I'm, it's going to match my the off season score. You know, the, that's what I was given. The off the score is yeah to the to the front office. So it's a four for me. He, um, I'll tell you what I like Blake and Robitaille as administrators a lot more than I did them players. That's for sure. I, I think uh, they've been. They've been good at doing the like patience, They're very patient, waiting for stuff to happen. They haven't kind of forced it. But Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I would have given them the same score as off season. I think they just, you know, the, the signing, <coughs> sorry, the the acquiring Fiala is obviously a huge deal. But over the, if you're looking at it from the scope of like this, a lot of Blake's been around, like he's definitely had some mess ups. Um, so I, I would say, yeah, I mean, he hasn't done anything completely boneheaded yet, but like we're having a conversation about not sending Byfield to the minors and assuming he's the one that's making that decision. I think that's that type of stuff is kind of foolish. So I, I mean, overall, yeah, give him a four, a four, four point one. I'm gonna give a rookie score, Rod. <laughs> I'm gonna go three point five. Great job getting Fiala. Great job with the contracts. But uh, maybe some uh, some failed draft picks or draft picks that might not pan out that were super high. Yeah. Where they could have got 
better players that are doing well in the NHL already. Some players, yep. I don't know, they might even make the NHL health health issues. We'll see. So that's uh, I guess remains to be seen, but it could go up. But right now, I'm gonna say three point five. For for me, if I'm gonna adjust, I might adjust down simply simply because there is no five for me until there's a Stanley Cup. That that's to get a, a perfect five means you you met the ultimate goal. So for sure. I understand that. Yeah, the average was four three seven. So it seems like we're a little lower than that. I think I don't remember if I put four I think I put four on that one, but I, like I said, I, I think I like their patience and not like trying to they they let the deals come to them like Dano and Fiala, like they're kind of letting the stuff come to them instead of being over aggressive. I, I do wish they could be a little bit more aggressive, but you know, they're doing what they can. So, uh, how confident are you in the team's coaching staff? We'll go backwards this time, Rod. Um, we'll see how the power play does this year. If the power play, uh, gets a much better than last year, I'm going to say, I'm going to say four, 4.5. I'm going to say 4 with possibility of being 4.5. Unless they win the Cup this year, they'll bump that up to 5. Joe? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go lower than that. Probably in the high 3s, like 3.8. I just, we've seen like a mixed bag from McLennan. Um, the, even though he's not running the power play, it's still the head coach. So um, to not to allow the train wreck that unfolded last season with that, with no, you know, he still has to have some accountability there. That said, he got into the playoffs um, last year, and um, when they're playing well, like, I do like the way they play, like, they're tough to play against and all that stuff. I mean, really, like, it really comes down to them being, like, a, a legitimate playoff team and special teams. If that's cleaned up, like, they're legit uh, uh, mid-tier playoff team. So, um, so, but yeah, like I said, you start to factor in the few years where there's some head scratching uh, decisions before that and lack of results. So, for sure, Rob, well, I'm taking the question as how how confident am I, am I in the coaching staff as of right now? Um, yeah. I'm I'm four four point two, four point three. I'm I've I've said it before on the podcast too. Our issues have not been coaching issues, except for the power play, I, the the special team stuff. I get, but uh, you know when we kind of went through that carousel for those few seasons, you know while we were floundering around after the Sutter days, I I think it was a room thing. I don't think it was necessarily a, a coach thing, except for uh, Willie. <laughs> what's that? Willie. Yeah, Desjardins. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, awful. I thought maybe he was pretty bad, but, you know, the players just, they started, you know, I thought they had a little too much power. And I think Todd's come in and said, hey, look, you know, you guys are running out of excuses here. I'm a, I'm a proven winner. I know what the hell I'm doing. Let's do this. I think he has the room. I, I, I like the system that they play. It's, I can see what's happening on the ice is structured. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I like it. I like it. You know, I yeah, for sure. I like the coaching staff. Yeah, I think I said four or five. I don't remember, but it. I I, I agree. I think uh, 
we finally got him a second center and look what he did with it. Like he got us 99 points in a playoff spot. Like we had kind of a lack of talent before. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, pretty, pretty confident that if the players play his system and we have enough talent, we can get to the playoffs. Like, especially with the number of injuries we had last season, like that's a lot of that was structure, I think. Right. So Rod, do you think the Kings make the playoffs this year? Yes. Joe? Yeah, I think you have to expect them to. The rosters improved and they made it last year, so Rob? Yes. I think I said yes too. It's uh ninety eight percent expect the Kings to play the playoffs this year, so <clears throat> How far will they go in the playoffs? Joe. Uh, I want to say they'll win a round this year. But, I mean, obviously there's so many different factors, like how they, where they end up in the standings and all that stuff. But I, I think they definitely have it in it to, to win a round. I, I would be shocked if they got past the second round. I mean, maybe not shocked. Maybe not good, but I would be uh You'd be pleasantly so, surprised. Yes, yeah, I'd be stoked if they got past the second round. But I think making it and getting, you know, if we get a decent matchup from the first round, like, yeah, we should be able to pull one off. Rod, how far will they go? I think uh, if we're not playing Colorado. Yeah, exactly. It depends, yeah. On the, depends on the matchup, but I could see us, you know, at least second round, possibly third round, depending on who we face. Rob? Your 2023 Stanley Cup champions, yeah. Los Angeles Kings. Yes. All right. You get behind that. You heard uh, it here first, folks. I think, uh, I think I put the get to the second round, personally. Uh, and, that was and also the most popular as, ho- as Homer as that sounds and all that stuff, in the, in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there going, if, I, if Deneau and that line can reproduce last, yeah. last year, that's what you need, right? You I need. I think the reality of actually winning a Stanley Cup this year is on Jonathan Fitzell. Exactly, and that's and, and that's where I'm getting at. Yeah, I, I think it, we have on. pieces that if they fall, last year, the years before, you know, you, you needed Jesus, right? But here, I can actually see pieces that if if this and that, well, then maybe this, you know, and I I. I don't think it's out of the realm of impossibility. Well, I, so, think I, think it, I think, too, you could, you could see, like, uh, Clark being, you know, maybe not Kale McCarr, but a really good defenseman in the NHL, like a top-pairing type of guy, and he makes a huge difference. And then Byfield is uh, should be a second or first-line center, but he's playing our third center. You know what I mean? Like, those are the kinds of things where we could see the growth, and that's right. where – and, teams win the cup and the because depth, of that kind of stuff. depth of lines in the playoffs. If you can sit there and maybe I follow actually earn all four million dollars of that contract. Say he scores twenty goals finally for the first time in his life, and then Kaliev on that exact same line turn his fourteen goal season last year into a twenty goal season this year. If you're going to get two twenty goal scores on a third line, yeah, that's depth. That's major depth, and for sure, you never know. You just never know. Yep. And then you have uh, on the fourth line gets another twenty goals. Ex- uh, Joe, you, it can happen. <laughs> Not when you're playing even tonight, but that's a different discussion about. I still think I would love 
if uh, Coach Guy would uh, distribute those Play, the, Playgrounds from on all four lines, right, Joe? Yes, yes. <laughs> no, they just distribute the ice time more evenly, spare Kopitar and whatever. But, no, just go back to the, what we were talking about before, the playoffs thing. I mean, you look at last year with um, – it. Had they been able to score a goal or two in the seventh game that got past Edmonton, and you saw what a shit show the second round was between Edmonton and Calgary, Kings like seriously had a chance of making it to the conference final last year. I mean, I think oh, yeah. they could have potentially taken out Calgary just based off how they played against Edmonton. Now, maybe you can say they played like, you know, it was just a wild series because of the teams, the players, uh, rivalry and all that stuff. But um, uh, Calgary just shot the bed, dude, like uh, like in, in that series. They figured they would have steamrolled past, uh, or not steamrolled, but they would have yeah, would not have uh, had problems with that. Right. I think you offered up something for that Edmonton gets past Calgary. I believe one of those last uh, podcasts we did, you said, if if the Calgary, if Edmonton beats us, there's just no way in hell they're going to win the next one anyway. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah anything happen, right? Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of Calgary, Rob, what what's the difference between uh, Kachuk and Tavoli? <laughs> that was so great. By yeah, the way, that's still, I do still miss delivering that. gems. Yep, I he's. I just like predictability when it comes to to the sports that I watch. I want to know what the product is and what I'm watching. And when you got Daryl Sutter driving driving the bus you know exactly where it's headed tractor. for sure it's the tractor but yes yeah. uh where will they end up in the division we'll start with rob i think it's going to be a lot like it was last year i think uh we're gonna be fighting for that second spot so i, I can see us finishing second third somewhere right in there again um vegas what scares me a little bit is Vegas being that bad last year was unforeseen. But then again, Calgary being that good was unforeseen. So, you know, and I think we got a chance that the Pacific Division might have a fourth team making it this year finally. So, but I, I can see a second, third again this year. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they could, in my opinion, be second or third or be a wild card team. Uh, and I think it's going to be just as tight as it was last year. Rod, where do you think they'll finish in the division? Uh, same answer, second or third. I, I don't see us being a super high-scoring, top-point-getting regular season team, but I see us as being a really strong playoff team based on our makeup. So yeah. once we get I think, there, I think we'll be really good. Yeah, I think I said second. I, I was uh, concerned with like Edmonton's goalie stuff, you know, but I think uh, you could see us finishing in that second spot. And that was the it was forty eight percent for second and forty six percent for third. So I think everyone's right on board right in the same that. spot we are. Yeah, I think well, uh, stuff too. By the way, well then screw it. We're we're fin- then I changed my answer. We're going to win it. That way, I'm the only person that said it. All right, I'm gonna do my random Kings talk thing for you guys. What are you most excited about, or what are you most looking forward to this year? Darren, start. Uh, I'm looking at where the kids go. What uh, Byfield, uh, Clark, if he plays, Dursey, maybe Spence. Uh, I think those guys are going to determine where we're at as far as 
this year's contention. If we're a playoff team where we that's our floor, I think it, uh, like expectation wise, or are we something more than that? So, cool, Joe. I'm looking forward to uh, Carl Grossstrom uh, <laughs> taking a top six spot when uh, Alex Iafal is traded. Trevor Morris pushed down the lineup. I love or, it. Or, uh, but yeah, Grunstrom will probably be uh, uh, either on Kopitar's wing or Geno's wing by the end of the season. Should we call the uh, statue guys and have them get Grunstrom's statue ready? Yeah, get a, get a set. Awesome. <laughs> Rob, what do you think? Um, I'm, I'm most excited about Andre Kopitar centering two 30-goal scorers for the first time in his career. And just as excited to see if Kaliev can score 20 goals in his sophomore season. Yep. Rob's nice. mad at me for not putting Kaliev's name in the, the kids' pool. That's okay. <laughs> he's, he's probably mad at Joe for not mentioning Kaliev's uh, statue alongside Grunstrom. But I'm going to well, say. It's Kaliev holding up Grunstrom, like, you know, dirty oh, yeah, dancing of course, style. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be the other way around. Grunstrom's a bit bigger than him, but. I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say I'm most looking forward to the third line, trying to find the right makeup of people, because I feel like we have a solid first line, second line, and fourth line. It's that third line that we have to get down. So I'm most excited to see if we can make that happen. We shall see. <laughs> All right, Kings fans, that's our show for today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, cross-check that notification bell. Until next time, stay classy. Go Kings, go! Yeah. Go Kings. Go Kings haters. <laughs>